Hello, friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. Let's take a look at this today. We're, we're in a series on snakes. I know you don't like snakes. I don't like it either. Acts 16, 16. This is a very familiar story, by the way. Uh, you've heard this preached quite a bit. Hopefully you have. We get into this whole idea, this concept of this praise at midnight. You know, Paul and Silas is in prison and they're bound in chains. And the Bible says that while they're in prison, at, at the midnight hour, they begin to, to offer up alms or prayers. And, and But along with that, it, it says, and thanksgiving and praise. And, and I want to teach something here this morning that what defeats the enemy is not just your, your prayers, but but listen, listen. It's your it's your thanksgiving and praise that that defeats this spirit, this snake. And, and what happens is, is in that prison we see that the chains fall off. There's an earthquake, by the way. The chains fall off, and the Bible says that every prisoner was set free. Now, if you're if you're looking for, and I know you are because I am too. If you're looking for change to really happen in this nation. Understand this, everyone was set free that was bound by two guys just offering up praise to God. Are you catching this? There was a coil of this serpent, a coiling, a choking in culture. This serpent had come into the, the midst of Philippi and was choking off the ministry of Paul and Silas. And it was coming through at one point a little girl. Now, isn't the devil just like that? Because how do you yell at a little girl? Come on now. What, what, what happens in society is, is listen, it, 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 they have to literally command this vile spirit to come out of her. If you would have do, done that today, they'd call D, DCFS, man. It's a bad deal. They're preaching, they're ministering, and this little girl starts following them around saying, these two men are, 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 are speaking on behalf of God. These two men are, was that true? Yeah. Did you know the devil will say some true things? And, it, 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 and all the while, it was coiling around culture, choking it off, exhausting their ministry. And, and, and I want to show you, in Young's literal translation, it's an interesting word that is used here for that spirit. It says, and it came to pass and are going on to where? To, to prayer. How many of you know that when, when you're headed, when you're headed in the right direction, when you're going to where you ought to be in prayer, how many of you know the devil shows up? Oh, just cause you, just cause you got to church, you don't think he coils here? As they were going to prayer, watch what happens here. A certain maid, a little girl, had a spirit, and in Young's literal translation, it says a spirit of python. A python did meet us. Notice now the, the attention is not on the little girl anymore, the young maid. It's on this demonic presence that's coiling around culture who brought much employment to her master by soothsaying. This is um, astrology or telling people's futures. So in the mix, midst of all that, she starts saying things like, 
These men are speaking on behalf of God. And, and this is what's happening in culture today. We have a coiling of a spirit that says, hey, listen, let's have a little syncretism here. Let's have the church, but don't rule out what I believe too. In fact, there's plenty of beliefs. There's all different types. And every one of these beliefs, every one of these paths goes up the same mountain. Every one of these goes the same direction in the same way. And then if you stand out in the midst of all that and start to speak the truth, you know, you know, the kind of truth that Jesus Christ spoke when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. How many of you know that's exclusionary talk? That's not inclusionary. But there's a coiling in culture that would say, hey, listen, in the relativism of things and, 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 and let's just say that everybody's got their own belief and that's okay. And we're so accommodating to that spirit that we don't want to step out in truth and say, no, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said he was the only way. When he said the, 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 he was exclusive, not inclusive. No, that's not a very loving God. Oh, yes, it is. Hey, listen, when the bridge is out and somebody's traveling down it at 90 miles an hour and you stand in the way and yell at them and say, here's the truth, the bridge is out, don't go this direction, that's love. We even got a coiling of culture around a wrong idea of what love is. And the Bible says in this translation, it says it was a spirit of python. Now, I taught you a couple of weeks ago that this particular type of snake, I even seen a picture. There was a picture um, that I seen recently on the internet. Now, you can't believe everything you see on the internet, but one of these, one of these, one of these Burmese pythons was, was eaten on an alligator, taking an alligator down. When they're born, they're only 10 to 15 inches in length. But when they're fully mature, say fully mature, they're 10 to 15 feet long. And they weigh as much as, well, a smorgasbord eater like me. They do bite, but it's not in the bite that kills you. It's in the coiling. The enemy is not after, listen, the enemy is not after anything other than your breath. He wants to, he wants to exhaust you. This is what this little girl, unfortunately being employed by this, this man making money, this is what this little girl had operating inside of her. It was love that cast that spirit out. We're going to meet her in heaven, I believe. Check this out. Because you know the end of the story, right? Everybody starts getting saved and renewal and revival breaks out. But not before the devil shows his head. Come on, pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to understand we need to get our wind back. Something knocked the wind out of someone. We need to get our wind back. God, we need to breathe in your spirit once again. And God, we need to breathe out praise. Breathe in your spirit and be filled with your spirit once again. And breathe out praise, God. And we need to see, God, every captive set free. Not only in Finley, but in this country. In Jesus' precious name. Come on, everyone. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to, I want you to see the strategy of the enemy here. He knows the Word. Sometimes better than we do. He knows what the Bible says. He, he knows the Bible promises that greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. He know that's talking about him. But sometimes 
we forget it's talking about us too. And so he doesn't take you on head on. He doesn't take you on head on in the culture either. There's some strategies that he uses. I'm going to use some D words here if I can. You know, he wants to, he uses deception. That's not a head on thing. Deception always has a little bit of truth in it. That's why it's deceiving. But he not only uses deception, he also uses diversion. In other words, when I, when I used to work in corrections, when I was a, uh, uh, an officer in the prison, it, they called it pull the man. You see, some inmates would come over and they would get me all riled up about some little thing. And while I'm dealing with those offenders, they're over at the other end doing what they really want to do. How many of you know the devil plays with, with deception and diversion? But, but he's, not all, he's not only up to that. Listen, listen, he, he'll also continue with division. He'll get you fighting against your spouse and against other, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So you don't have to fight him. You see? You see, if I get into it with you and we just get into a tussle, as much fun as that might be, and we just get into a wrestling match together, you see, he doesn't have to wear us out now. You see, we'll wear each other out. We'll, wear, we'll, we'll work on each other hard and he'll work on us. But, but, but last but simply not least, listen, he wants to deplete you. He wants to exhaust you. I, I, I love in the book of, uh, of Revelation, it, 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 it says that it calls him the old serpent, the old snake. But in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, listen to this. Speaking of the devil, and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall, watch this, and shall wear out shall wear out the saints. See, he wants to exhaust you. He wants to deplete you. He wants to rob you of your breath so that you're tired, you're exhausted. That's what happened with Paul and Silas. They, actually, the Bible says that Paul was so annoyed. Ever been annoyed? You, oh, just me? I, I get annoyed. And, and, and listen, sometimes... You're annoyed not because somebody's just being a weirdo. Sometimes you're annoyed because the devil is coiling. There's an exhausting work that he does. I, I, I love to watch the History Channel. I'm, I'm like into, I'm into old battles and old wars and stuff like that. Anybody like that? You like the History Channel? I know Tom Rudder. He's, yeah, I got to watch my P's and Q's because he knows some of the stuff better than I do. But, but, but here we go. Uh, in the History Channel... Uh, there was an episode where they talked about three main strategies and, and they ended with this guy by the name of Sung Soo. Now, I've, I've, re I've read his book. It's called The Art of War. Anybody ever heard of Sung, Sung Soo? It's, you know, I just want to go into karate kid mode. But Sung Soo, in The Art of War, Sung Soo says this, never fight an enemy head on. Always deceive him. Does this sound familiar? Does this in any way always deceive him? and try to wear him out, deplete his resources. That In that way, you could have a smaller army defeat a larger army. Didn't Jesus say greater? Did he say greater? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. How do you defeat that? You don't head on. You've got to deceive. Now, now there's other strategies. There's, there's, uh, there's ones we see like in World War II, uh, the Nazi Blitzkrieg, it was called annihilation. They would come in and they would try to just brute force, but that's not how the devil, see, that's not the devil. That's not how he plays. He would rather deplete you 
cause diversions, wear you out. There, there's, there's other ways, you know. Um, you, there's a strategy that says, you know what, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take little by little. That happened during World War I. You remember they drew the lines in World War I, and they would just move a few miles a day and then have to be pushed back. And that's called attrition, annihilation, attrition. But in Vietnam, we learned a different type of warfare. More like Sung Tzu, guerrilla warfare, where we would fight here and then run over here, and then fight here and then run over here. And then the larger army gets exhausted. Let me tell you about this. I experienced this firsthand. Growing up in grade school, there was this little bully that always picked on this guy. I was twice his size. I could have cleaned his clock. His name was Joey Pollock. Yeah, I could have cleaned his clock, but he was always messing with me. He was always, he, we'd get in fights all the time. I know you've never fought, but I have. And growing up, we'd fight on the bus. We'd fight at recess. We'd fight before lunch. We'd fight after lunch. We'd fight back on the way home. Hey, this guy was always fighting me, and he was always winning. And let me tell you why. He was smaller than me and faster than me. So he'd hit me, or he'd say something to me, and I'm going, oh, come on, man. And I couldn't catch him. And then in my pursuit of Mr. Joey, I'd get so exhausted and out of breath, he'd come on beat on me. That don't sound like anybody, does it? Notice how in that story I made myself the protagonist and Joey the antagonist, and that works out just great for Pastor Don. No, I got him one day. I got him one day. I took my, I took my trusty, I may even remember Dukes of Hazard. I had a, I had a Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. And he come up to mess with me, and I slung that lunchbox at him and cleaned his clock and knocked him cold. It was awesome. Total slow motion. Even the teachers was like, that was a good one. But, you know, hey, listen, that was back in the 70s. You didn't, hey, that was a different time. 70s was a different time, man. You know, you didn't give out merit awards. <laughs> you Come on. Yeah, I can get on something else. You know what? We became best friends later. We were good. We were, it all ended okay. You know, it was great. Great friends. Spent a lot of time at his house, he at mine. But here's the deal. He would win all the time because he, he would wear me out. This is what's going on. There is a coiling in our culture of the enemy, and he's attempting to wear the church out. He's not going to take the church head on. He knows the church is an unstoppable force. He knows that the church has promises in Scripture, promises like this, that upon this rock I'll build my church. Jesus said that, and the gates of hell will not. That's a promise. He knows that. Do you? So here's the deal. He says, boys, we can't do it through annihilation. We can't do it through attrition. Let's exhaust them. Let's wear them out. Let's suck the air out of their lungs. And that's what a python will do. If you ever get bit by one, the, bit, the bite doesn't kill you. It's the coiling that kills you. Remember a couple weeks ago, I taught you that as you breathe out, it will coil even tighter. And then as you breathe out again, and it'll coil even tighter so that soon you don't have a breath. I want to show you that in this story is the key to defeating the Spirit. Because my Bible says, let everything that has praise the Lord. And that's how, isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting? The Bible calls it 
a python. And at the end of the story, what defeats this spirit in Philippi was the praise. Woo! I'll let you go right there. That's good enough right there. That was worth your tithe. You don't think so? Well, I thought it was. That's enough right there. Hey, man, you've got to learn this thing. This is the thing you've got to get right. Hey, hey, this is what we got to get right as a church. Because listen, as much as I love watching certain news channels, I feel like sometimes I'm quoting the coiling. And I'm not giving God the praise. And I'm not speaking praise in His name on what He's doing in my nation and in my community and in my church and in my life. He's good. And, and, and that's not coming out enough. We got to get this right. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why we get it wrong. Because we, we think this is something we do if everything else lines up. If all the planets right up, line up right and all my circumstances right, line up right and all my situations line up right, then, then I'll give God some praise. Praise is not your caboose. It's your locomotive. It's your engine. You don't put it at the end if all the other cars and goodness is it. Listen, if you want good things in your life, you put it up front. Then the good things follow. <laughs> Man, this will change your life. I'm not kidding. This will change your life. You look at Paul and Silas. They're in a dungeon now for doing the right thing, by the way. Boy, if we ever live in a time where right now is called wrong, are you hearing me? It's all twisted, man. It's a mess. And now wrong is called right. You, listen, if you want to get persecuted, go out and say and do the right thing. You're in a time, you're in a time where that, that's going to happen. You're going to, Jesus said, hey, hey, listen, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. you. You start talking Jesus anywhere. Listen, you can talk about Buddha all you want. People go, oh, that's cool. And they'll eat their sandwich. You mentioned the name of Jesus and the chips dropped. Isn't that funny? Isn't it funny that you bring up Christ and now the room just parts? But you say something Confucius said, and oh, well, that's, but I, that sounds pretty neat. I seen this thing on Facebook recently, and it says it's got Confucius, and he's kind of all leaned over, and, 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 and it says this on the site. It says, I didn't say half of that. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's not my notes, but we mentioned all this other stuff, and that's fine. People are okay. That, well, that's real good. You mentioned Jesus. Whoa, you got my attention. Why? Because there is one true God, and that's his name. You go saying that kind of stuff, they'll lock you up. They'll, and, and, and we're not far from that time. So, 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 so listen now. You're going you're gonna to face stuff like that. But you don't, you don't look at your circumstances and say, well, I'll praise God as soon as all this has changed. You're, you're just helping the python. You're just helping that spirit. You're doing the job that's his. You, you got to do like Paul and Silas in the midst of that situation. And you've got to say, it's the midnight hour. It's the darkest it's ever going to get. But since it's midnight, that means morning's coming too. So, so, so let's give God some praise. In that danky, nasty, old dungeon prison, they start praising God. And that's what brings the earthquake. 
You want to shake this earth. Listen, there is no other stance you could take than a stance of praise and thanksgiving and glory to your God. Give them some right now. Come on. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It's your breath he's after. He's not after your actions. Listen, your actions didn't get you saved. Your actions aren't doing much more now. But really, it's your breath. Think about this. Adam and Eve became a living, breathing uh, breathing uh, human being, both of them, when God breathed the breath of life, the Ruach, the, His Spirit, into them. He's, a, he's afraid of, your, of the Spirit of the living God in you. He's afraid of that. He knows if that, if that gets out of you, He's done. Think about this for a minute. You know, in John chapter 20, verse 22, Jesus didn't just send the disciples out. It says that He breathed on them, His Spirit. He didn't send them out and say, okay, guys, you got this because you got enough knowledge of me. It's not the knowledge of God that's going to change anything. He says, what you guys need to change the world is my, my breath, my spirit. Hallelujah. By the way, that needs to come back to the assemblies of God. Yeah, yeah. Think about this in Acts chapter 2. Why a, why a rushing mighty wind? Come on. God is saying, I want to put breath into my body. I want to put my spirit into my body. And the devil says, oh, not that. If you can breathe in the spirit of God, you can breathe it out too in your praise. Let me remind you once again what the psalmist said, let everything that has breath. Do you have breath? Then praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But he wants to exhaust you of that. Let me show you some evidence of that. Just a couple of areas, and I want to show you how, how to get out of the caboose and get up in the locomotive of praise. Just some areas. First of all, you'll see an exhaustion in your spirit. That can be experienced. An exhaustion in your spirit. You, you say, how can that be? Do you delight in the Lord this morning? Then you're not exhausted in the spirit. But the moment you no longer delight yourself in God, regardless of circumstance, you're exhausted in your spirit. You need to get alone with the Spirit of God. You need, you need the Ruach. You need Him to blow back into your heart and your life again. That's why Ephesians says, be not drunk with wine, wear in excess, but be filled, continuous voice, again and again and again with the Spirit of God. Can you breathe this morning? You didn't breathe just once. You breathe, you breathe, you've been breathing your whole life. You need more of God. But you can get the wind knocked out of you. And you no longer delight yourself in the Lord. What, what, what am I talking about here? Uh, let, let me break down the etymology of the word uh, circumstance. It's actually two words, okay? Latin, we, we, we have circum, which means to encircle. Say encircle. And stance just means to stand. So when you get overwhelmed by your circumstances and you're no longer in touch with the Spirit of God, you're in touch with what's, what's going on in your life, now you're surrounded by a coiling, a circumstance. And if you don't see that what surrounds you is itself surrounded, that's what the prophet said. You remember what he said? He said, Lord, open his eyes. Open his eyes. Let him see the armies of the living God. Because right now, he's, he, he thinks we're surrounded. Gehazi said, hey, whoa, wait a minute. There's armies everywhere. We're going to die. The prophet said, no, open his eyes. 
We, we, we sing that song, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open your eyes. What surrounds you is surrounded. And, 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 what's, and who's for you is, is greater. But we can stop delighting in the Lord because we get our focus and our attention on what surrounds us. And we think we're standing in the middle of something that's going to defeat us. And I'm here to tell you, it, listen, it's already been defeated at the cross. Don't give it any life. It, it, right now, if you came in here this morning thinking about your circumstance, you need to leave today with knowing this. Jesus Christ said, it is finished. What? It is complete. It is done. You say, no, Lord, I got to take it on. That, that, will, that will exhaust you. That will exhaust you. You know, you know what a spider does to catch a fly? He just spins a web. And then the fly gets caught in it and exhausts it. Exhausts itself trying to free itself. God doesn't expect you to do the work of the battle. Listen, the battle belongs to the Lord. It's His. You know, it's, you don't have to worry about that. Just begin to have His praise on your lips. You say, you know, hey man, this is a sticky situation. But I got praise for my God anyway. God, I know you got this. You've seen the beginning from the end. In fact, your name means the end. That means you're already there. <laughs> if you call yourself Omega, that means you're already there. I'm not there. I got to live in this for now. But I know you got the future and it's already done. And so I'm going to trust you and praise you. Don't get wrapped up in that coil. Don't get surrounded. You'll lose your delight in the Lord and that'll affect your prayer life. I want you to know that the Bible says that in verse 16, they were attacked on their way to prayer. The devil isn't concerned about you until you are going somewhere to pray. <laughs> No, I'm serious. You, you, you think he's really, you think he's really, listen, listen, you get, you and I give him glory for a lot of stuff he has nothing to do with. What about my job situation right now? Hey, you serve Jehovah Jireh. You're, you're covered. I said you're covered in Jesus' name. You say, well, no, I don't know. You know, I, I'm kind of worried about this. Really? You're worried? You ought to be, you ought to worship, not worry. You ought to, you ought to have praise in the midst of the problem. But 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 he'll show up and, and you'll begin to wear yourself out and you won't pray. And, and listen, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. That Gethsemane means uh, pressing place. It's, it's where they got uh, oil, right? So oil was pressed there. And Jesus is saying, hey guys, couldn't you tarry with me an hour? You look exhausted. Why are you so exhausted? Why are you so wore out? You need to pray with me. Now, he wasn't saying it because, hey guys, I need you to pray for me. Actually, at the end of the verse, he says, Pray that you won't fall into temptation. For that hour is coming. And so don't be exhausted. Could you not tarry an hour? Could, and they're over there sawing logs, man. And what happens? Jesus is led away, and then bam, here comes the devil. When is he coming? When you're not praying and when you are praying, and he's definitely there when you're exhausted. So you've got to understand, in the midst of all that, man, pump the brakes. Get, get alone with God somewhere. Hey, the way to start is to stop. Take a little Sabbath rest. Get alone with God for a little bit. Take a little time off with the Lord. Go for a walk. Leave that crazy cell phone at home. That 
man, I want to tell you, that puppy will go off like nobody's business as soon as you start to pray. I'm going to pray with Well, I got to look at this, and I got all... I'm going to tell you something. Paul and Silas didn't have that in their ministry. That made a powerful ministry. We're too in touch with everything but God. We are so in touch with everything but God. And somebody's going to text you or call you or Facebook you. and Oh, look what so-and-so put on Facebook. Now you're not praying. That's free. No charge on that. Here's the second physical sign. Real quick. Physical fatigue happens too. And this, this happened to a guy by the name of Elijah. You remember, he took on Jezebel. And he took on the prophets of Baal. And he won big time. I mean, that... Forget about rumble in the jungle, man. He, he, he took him on and won. And it was a great victory. Then Jezebel turns around full, full of an evil spirit, you know, and, and she turns around and says, well, I'm going to have your head on a platter. You're dead, boy. And then he, he, he ran on ahead, and, and the Bible says he gets to a place to where he's so solically, and I'll end with that in a minute, he's so solically and physically exhausted, he, wants, he, he actually prays for God to take his life. And 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 if and if you don't think depression exists within believers, it does. And you, you don't like to hear that because you want to hear you want to hear everything you want to hear everything looks pretty and nice and believers never get to a bad place. But in 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 the New Testament, it even says that Elijah was just a man just like us, and we go through the same things. He was so exhausted physically and solically and spiritually that he said, "God, I want it over. I'm done." Maybe you've never been there, but let me tell you, that's a place. And you could be, you you could have done all the right things and still end up there. Don't don't you dare come up to somebody in that position and say, "Well, you must have sinned." You 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 follow that theology all the way to the cross. What did Jesus do? What did he do to deserve that? He was in the right place doing the Father's will to be crucified. All right? So think about that for a minute. Don't start judging somebody because they're at a, at a dark place. You want to come along and encourage them and love on them. Fill them with faith and praise. You, you, you want to pray for them, you, you, right? Amen? Come on, it might be me. You, you might have to come along and say, hey, hey, dude. Shazam it up. Shamwow it, man. Get, get a little life in your bones. Let's get going, right? Hello. Are you alive this morning? Somebody starts getting frumpy, man. You need, you need to minister to them. Elijah did. You've never killed hundreds of prophets of Baal. You, you've not done any, anything like this guy has done. And he still went through it. He got exhausted by the Spirit. And God, God had to help him. God had to minister to him. And then, and then lastly is this. You, he experienced it in exhaustion in the soul. You get overwhelmed, you get hopeless. The Bible even says in Proverbs 13, 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You can, you can have the wind so knocked out of you that you no longer have any hope. And now you start, God's got big things in store for you and He's got awesome blessings for you to have. And you're, you're not even, you're not even, you're hopeless. You don't even have hope for those things anymore. Beyond loss of faith. I'm talking about, not beyond the shipwrecking of faith. I'm talking about hope's gone. 
We can get to that place. And it'll make you sick, man. It'll make you feel like you're dying. How do you fight back? How do you get your breath back? How do you get your wind back? And man, I'm talking. You look at Paul and Silas in that prison. They didn't praise God so that they could get out. They didn't know they were getting out. An angel didn't show up and say, "Hey, hey, got a secret for you." I talked to I talked to the man, and he says, "If you'll just do this, God will let you out." You know, bypass jail, two hundred dollars. Get out of jail free card. It's not what happened. They didn't get out of it. They went through it. For the sake of the people that were lost. This was all a setup. And God allowed it all for the sake of that Philippian jailer, his family, for the sake of all the people that were in prison. They all were set free by people who praised God anyway. They praise God anyway. You be the person when they're handed out pink slips at work. You be the person that goes, praise the Lord. First, they're going to think you're crazy. Then they're going to go, wait a minute. This is serious. And then later they're going to go, hey, what is it about your hope? And Peter says even this, always be ready to give an answer for the hope you have. And so now you've got an opportunity for the gospel and to witness to someone. He say, can I, can I trust that God too? Yep. Looks like you've got a job already. I need one. Who do you serve? Well, it ain't Confucius. Come here. See, I praised him through this whole thing just to reach you. What? Yeah, that's why you went through it. To go back to it. To pull somebody else out. And that's what happened here. They, they, they were going through something and God gave them praise, and they didn't know how it was going to end. But how many of you know it ended all right? It ended well. You see, praise is, is, is a way to live your life. And listen, it, it's, it completes your faith. Just a couple of closing thoughts. Listen to this scripture. I'm going to read it slowly. And I want you to hear it with ears of faith and praise. Colossians 2.7 Abound in faith with thanksgiving. Abound in faith with, well, I got faith. Now, now, now listen, I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not, you know, thank God we don't have worship leader like this. Love you, brother. You don't do this. I, I've never seen Ryan get up, lead worship, and go. Now, come on, you need to clap your hands. As soon as a worship leader does that, I'm like, I'm not clapping my hands now, man. Just because I don't like people telling me, you know, he doesn't, he's awesome. But, oh, come on, you need to dance. Why don't you dance? And it's like, man, let the Spirit, you know, let the Spirit, do, and that's what he does. He, he, let the Spirit do that in me, you know? But, but, but listen, in this particular verse, it says that your, your faith isn't abounding if there isn't thanksgiving with it. Well, I got faith. Well, if you're saved and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> stomp your feet. <laughs> Somebody stomped. That was cool. I got a little goosebump. 
You've got to get this area of your, your life right, man. Listen, your faith is only abounding if it's mixed with thanksgiving and praise. So why would it be that we'd listen to a worship team and watch them and this, the mouth and the body does nothing? I said that in love. This morning, what was awesome is, is we didn't listen or listen. It's not to minister to you. It's, it's for you to minister to the Lord. It's for him. And it's what we do because we love him. And it's because we have faith. Now, I don't believe you if you say you have faith and you can't praise him. Paul says that. Listen, lastly, praise affects some people. It affects God. It affects you. And it affects the devil. It is the thing that changes the atmosphere, man. He's got this new fish. His name's Douglas. He's cute, man. We're overfeeding him already, though. I think you know kind of how we roll. We do roll. And uh, so did you feed Douglas this morning? You didn't because you seen that I did it. Okay, cool. He's a little, he's a, what is he, honey? He's a, oh, he's a beta. Yeah, he's floating in his bowl. He's cool, man. We went on, we went on a little two, three day adventure for, for fireworks and stuff. Did you see anything blow up? Come on, it's the American way. Gun racks and fireworks, man. Shebang. Well, we put one of those things in his, in his bowl that would feed him for us, you know? And it goes down at the bottom of the bowl and it's supposed to feed your fish. We got back. I'm surprised Douglas wasn't dead. That bowl was absolutely disgusting. And I thought he was going to die. So very quickly, we did a little transplant of his water and everything else. And we were careful with it. We wanted his atmosphere to be right for him to live and breathe. I love that scripture. It says, in him we live and breathe and move and have our being. And, and, and that's what God wants for you. He wants you to have that praise and that breath back. And so I, I, I just want to show you kind of how that works and, 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 and how God does this. And the atmosphere is affected. God is affected. You are affected. But, but, but so is the, is, is the devil. But watch this. When we think about praise, a lot of worship leaders have kind of kind of quoted this verse a little bit, and it's it's a little bit of a stretch. But they say God inhabits the praises of His people. But but the verse really doesn't say inhabit. Uh, in the Hebrew, I think a better translation is that He's enthroned on the praises of Israel. You you enthrone Him. This 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 is why the devil, when he showed up to tempt Christ in the wilderness. When he showed up to tempt Christ, he said, bow down and worship me. He went after worship. You understand how powerful it is now. He, he knew that if I'm going to, if I'm going to have any chance of defeating Christ in, it, in his insanity, there is no way to beat him. But, but he said, if I have any chance, I got to get him to worship me. He says, do this and I'll give you the kingdoms of all the earth. In other words, you don't have to go to the cross. You'd have it right here, right now. But but I, but but you got to worship me, because there's an authority exchange. 
when there's worship and praise. Are you getting this? And Jesus said, oh, no, buddy. I ain't worshiping you. No, no. Worship's for the Father, for my God, for me. You don't do that. Now, I'm not going that way. Think about this for a minute. In this, in this moment, the devil knew that if you, if you worship me, there'll be an exchange of authority. Now, 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 now watch this. Now we understand the, the psalmist when he says God is, in, is enthroned by the praises of Israel. You, you give God the authority in the circumstance of where you are. You give him the throne. You give him what's rightfully his. It should be no wonder why there was an earthquake. It should be no, the earth couldn't handle it. There should be no wonder why the prison doors blew open. It should be no wonder why the chains came off. Because God was enthroned in the place. You, 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 you just need to balance it. So, so I'm told this story of, of this missionary. Um, she, she can, okay, I want to see, I want to make sure that I get this right. Um, she contracted smallpox in India. An AG missionary contracted smallpox. And this was before we, we had a vaccine for it. And she went to the Lord in prayer and said, said, Lord, L Lord, uh, heal me of this so I can continue the work of being a missionary here. Heal me of this. She kept, kept praying and asking God. I don't even know God. God loves to heal and answer prayer, you know. But but then the Lord showed her in a vision. This is cool. The Lord showed her in a vision scales, and He says, "Listen, when your praise is the same weight as your prayers." So she stopped just saying to the Lord, "Listen, the Lord's prayer starts with our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be your name." When your praise matches your prayers, boy, I just gave you, man, I, that, I didn't give it to you. The Holy Spirit of God just gave you a key. You know what we're going to do now? Well, pastor's going to let us go home and have cheeseburger. Yeah, because that'd be the way to end this today. Come on, worship team. Come on. When, you're, when your praise matches your prayers, you want, you want Finley one to Christ. You want your neighborhood saved. You want your family saved. You want your kids set free. And your praise matches your name.